Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on the Fridays with Francis podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to be with me. Just a reminder, these podcasts are the audio versions of the video live streams that I do every week on Fridays at 8.15 Eastern on my Facebook page, Monk Musings, or my Instagram profile, Francis OSB. If you'd like, head on over to those platforms and you can see the video live stream either while I'm doing it or it also gets saved so you can watch it anytime you'd like. In the meantime, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and thanks for joining me. Here's the latest episode of Fridays with Francis. Hi, Facebook. I'm late tonight. Just give me one second to get started here. Give people some time to log on. I gotta get Instagram going as well. Just give me a second here. We'll start in just a few minutes. Um, yes. Instagram's going. Hi, Instagram. Hi, Facebook. Good. Welcome, everybody. Get going in just a second here. Okay. off my water glass here we'll be good to go good evening everybody and welcome to another episode of Fridays with Francis I'm so glad that you're here with me this week we're live this week we were pre-recorded last week and I will explain why in just a moment uh, but let's begin as we begin every time together in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for he whom you merited to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, once again, welcome to another episode of Fridays with Francis. It's me, Francis. So glad you are with me. Tonight, we're going to continue our Easter series, uh, looking at Jesus and what, what happened with Jesus. What did Jesus do after he rose from the dead? And tonight, we're going to speak about one of my favorite encounters. That's his encounter with St. Thomas, who I have a particular affinity for, especially this time of year. And uh, whenever I hear the story of his encounter with our resurrected Lord, it, it always uh, inspires me. It always gives me 
something to think about. And so that's what I thought I would share with you uh, tonight. First, I want to say thank you to all of those who tuned in last week. Uh, we were pre-recorded last week. I was asked to uh, host the San Anselm College Cam Campus Activities Board Bingo Night, known as Cubingo. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. We had about 450 kids show up, which I was telling them when I was a student, like seven people would show up to that. So to have over 400 students at it was uh, pretty incredible. We had a lot of fun. Uh, a good way to keep people on campus, keep them safe uh, from COVID-19. Uh, and so it was, a, it was a very, very good thing. Uh, before we begin tonight as well, uh, if you could all please join me in wishing a happy belated birthday to my dear friend Anne-Marie Sullivan, who I know is watching. Happy birthday, Anne-Marie. Prayers for you. So let's begin. Let's talk about our next post-resurrection encounter. It is the encounter with St. Thomas, with the rest of the apostles, and but especially with St. Thomas. So last week we talked about the uh, encounter with Mary Magdalene and Peter and John. But Peter and John, it's not really an encounter, right? So last week we talked that Peter and John run to the tomb. John gets there first, and because he wrote the gospel, he's allowed to tell you that he outran Peter. And Peter and John, the gospel tells us, they arrive at the tomb, they see the empty tomb, and believe. I just want to make sure I have that right. Yes. He saw and believed, for, they, for as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. And then they went back to their home. And then we talked about Mary Magdalene, the apostle to the apostles, stays in the garden area. So tombs in that area of the world would have been set apart from cities because of the Jewish laws. You could not have the Jewish, the Jewish purity laws were very strict about dead bodies and about corpses, and they had to be separated from the village and if you touched one you were considered unclean and you had to go through a whole ritual purity uh, type of uh, a whole ritual of, of purification that's what i meant to say a whole ritual of purification and so what they did was they'd make these tombs and they would make them there would be big graveyards but they would make them sort of ornate and there would be you know gardens and trees and all these because when you went out to the graves it was a day trip basically right you couldn't just pop in it was you had to deliberately want to go there and so she stays in the garden and she meets she meets the resurrected jesus and she runs to the apostles to tell them what she has seen so that's where i'm going to start tonight and we are in the Gospel of John, those of you who are have your Bibles at home, we are in the Gospel of St. John. We are in chapter 20, and we are at verse 19. Verse 19. So there's sort of two parts to this story. So we'll start with part one. On the evening of that day, that first Easter Sunday, 
the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. The church tradition here tells us, and I think the other gospel, one of the other gospels might tell us, they are in the upper room. They are in the room that just four days previously, where they had the Last Supper with Jesus. So they're in that room. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Many commentators will say that this passage here, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Many commentators will say that's the that's a, the first missionary call or the first push by Jesus pushes the apostles out. You gotta get out of this room and you gotta tell everybody what you've seen. You've got to spread the good news as he's been instructing them. But he gives them something even more powerful in this moment. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This passage, that sentence, and others that are found in the gospel that are very similar, mostly having to do with St. Peter, the Catholic Church says here, this right here is the foundation of the sacrament of penance, of reconciliation. How is it that a priest can forgive sins? Well, because Jesus told his apostles that they had that authority. Those apostles ordained other apostles, who we now call bishops. Those apostles and bishops through the centuries have ordained priests. And so every priest receives his commission, his ability, sorry, not ability, his permission, the permission to forgive sins in the name of Jesus from his bishop, from his bishop who descended from the apostles whom Jesus gave this authority to. So the church through the centuries have, has drawn a line through the centuries from bishops today to the apostles that we're talking about here. I always like to point that out when we get to this because we get a lot of people out there who say, well, you have these sacraments. Where do they come from? Here's a big one. Forgiveness of sins. It was instituted by Christ right here 
and in other places, but right here. So that's pretty great. Jesus appears to the apostles. Peace be with you. Get out of here. I'm sending you out just as my father sent me out. And receive the Holy Spirit and forgive sins. Forgive sins. Part two. Now Thomas, poor Thomas. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Where was he? We don't know. So the other, I have a theory, but I'll get to that in a second. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut. But Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You have believed because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have seen and yet believe. Poor Thomas. When I say poor Thomas, I mean history has not exactly been kind to Thomas. Because if you know anything about Thomas, you know that his nickname through the centuries has been Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. And I have to tell you, um, if I was Thomas, I think I would have done exactly what Thomas did. I think they would have been calling me Doubting Francis. I really do. Just because, think about it. Think about it. He's, he's spent three years with this teacher, with this rabbi, this miracle worker, who has basically completely turned his entire religious and cultural experience upside down. It has changed his life. He said that the kingdom of God is coming, and then he's arrested and killed. So four days, you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Easter, Sunday, those four days, Jesus gives him all so they give gives the apostles all sorts of instructions. Love one another as I have loved you. Then he's crucified. And and I will say, if I was an apostle on Holy Saturday morning, things would seem a little helpless. So then you get to Sunday. And Thomas is out. I don't know where Thomas is. We don't, we don't know. Maybe he was out getting food. Maybe he was out, I think, and this is me, this is not anybody else. I think Thomas is finding a way, trying to find a way to get the apostles out of Jerusalem. 
Because if you read the Gospels, the, the very few times Thomas is mentioned in the Gospels, Thomas seems to be sort of a, a logistics guy. So Thomas, we read the, in the Gospel for today's Mass, for example, Thomas is the guy who sort of figures out, um, it, this is one of the, uh, the Gospel of John, the feeding of the 5,000. Thomas is the one who figures out, well, we would need, we would need 200 days wages to feed all these people. You know, so Thomas is sort of, it seems to me, Thomas is the logistics guy. So I think Thomas is out trying to find a way to get the apostles out of Jerusalem because the reason the apostles are in this upper room with the doors locked is because they think they're next. They killed our master. Our master has told us to continue our work of preaching, but if we do that, the Jews and the Romans are going to come and arrest us, and we're next. So I think Thomas is out trying to find them a way out of Dodge. But think about all that they went through, right? And Thomas comes back from whatever he's doing. And they all say, hey, Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to us. I think if I was Thomas, I would, I would say the same thing. Unless I can put eyes on him, I will not believe it. I think too much happened to Thomas and to the other apostles in those four days, in that week. Too much happened. But our Lord, brothers and sisters, our Lord knows exactly what we need. Our Lord knows exactly what we, what we need. And so a week later, Thomas is there. Peace be with you. Thomas, come here. It's one of the beautiful times in the Bible where someone gets exactly what they want. Thomas, come here. Put your finger in the nail marks and put your hand in my side. And what does he say? My Lord and my God. What else could you say? What else could you say? I want to I want to defend I want to stand in front of Thomas here for a second. Cuz everybody says, well the other the other apostles, you know, they believed well, yeah, they believed. They, they saw. They were there when he appeared the first time. And Peter and John, even at the tomb, they, what does it say? It says, they saw and believed. They saw it and believed. And Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. What is Jesus saying in that moment? Jesus is talking about the rest of us. Because what's about to happen? What's about to happen is that these 12 men and Mary Magdalene and Jesus' mother Mary and all the other disciples are about to go out and they're about to tell the story of Jesus and they're about to say, and he rose from the dead. And they're supposed to try to convince people that he rose from the dead and that he is truly Christ, 
He is truly God. He is truly the promised Messiah. Blessed are those who have not seen and believed. The apostles saw. What I'm trying to say here is that Thomas's doubt is completely reasonable. Completely reasonable. And so I think the lesson for us is that there are times in our lives, and I will include myself in this statement, absolutely, there are times in our lives when it's very difficult to believe. To believe in God, to believe in anything. But the lesson of Thomas, I think, is that it's okay to ask for more. It's okay to ask for more information. The lesson of Thomas is that if you have a doubt, the answer is not to stop searching. Because that's a very key point here as well. Because Jesus, because he says, unless I see the hands and the nail marks and put my hand in the side, I will not believe. Well, what happens after that? Eight days go by, and they're still there together. That small church, capital C, church. They're still there. They're still praying. They're still trying to figure it out. And Jesus appears again. They're still searching. The lesson of Thomas is to keep searching, is to keep asking questions. keep learning, to keep praying. There's a phrase that goes around all the time that says, God will never give you more than you can handle. I liked that phrase for a long time, and then I really, I really thought about it, and... Um, I don't like that phrase because it's not true. God sometimes gives you more than you can handle so that he can come and help you. So the message, the lesson from Thomas is in those moments of doubt. Uh, in those moments, I was talking to somebody the other day who said that their prayer life was dry. In those drought moments, the desert moments, where maybe you don't feel like God is there, maybe you don't feel like God is next to you, maybe you feel like He doesn't hear you, is to keep going, to keep searching. You'll find it. It might take a while, but you'll find it. My favorite modern-day Thomas story is actually Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, now Saint Teresa of Calcutta, what we call a modern-day saint. You know, she lived 
when did she die? Early 2000s she died? Late 90s? I can't remember. In my lifetime. She was canonized pretty quickly. According to the church's standards, she was historically, she was canonized pretty quickly, within a decade or two. And uh, a big controversy came out uh, when the priest who was investigating her life to try to make the case that she should be canonized found her personal diary, personal journals. And they were published, excerpts, I think. And what was found was that Mother Teresa, the great Mother Teresa, the woman who, in the name of Jesus, took on vows as a nun, and in the name of Jesus went to the poorest areas of the world and served the poorest people in the world. Because in each of them she saw Christ. She won the Nobel Peace Prize, among other well-deserved accolades. She founded the Missionaries of Charity, who are one of the largest, or I should say fastest-growing religious orders in the church today. They're everywhere. They're even here in the United States. In her diaries, it was found that for about 30, 35 years, she went through a dry spell where she had significant doubt about whether God existed, whether God loved her. Significant doubt. Enough that she devoted pages and pages and pages to it. And the controversy, the controversy was, why would you ever publish this about a saint? And the priest who did this gave, I think, the best answer to it. And he said this. He said, because the reason we venerate saints is in the church is that they give us an example of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live a good Christian life. And he said, this is a great example. Because look at what Mother Teresa did and then think about what she was going through. She had significant doubts about God and about whether God loved her and whether God existed. But look at what she did in the name of Jesus. The thousands of people that she healed, the life of prayer and example that she showed. She did it anyway. And she came out of that, that period of doubt. So that's the lesson. That's the lesson of Thomas. That's the lesson of Mother Teresa, is if you're doubting, the answer is not to just say, I give up. No, no. The answer is to keep trying and to keep going. You'll find the way. Ask for help. We're in a church. Again, capital C. We're in a church. Let's help each other out. That's why I do this. 
is hopefully for maybe at least one of you we unlock something we can help unlock something you see something you hear something you've never heard before and it changes the way you look at god the church your relationship with the church your relationship with god your relationship with others that's why i do this and it has been my pleasure to do it for these last 13 or so months and we'll continue doing it and we'll continue doing it that's our show for tonight thank you all so much for being with me i hope you have a wonderful week join us next week we'll be here talking about more of those easter appearances there are a lot of them next week we're going to look at the emmaus story so we're going to come out of the gospel of john next week and into the gospel of luke and talk about the wonderful the wonderful Emmaus story that's in the Gospel of Luke. So I hope you tune in and join me then. I will look forward to it. Until we meet again, please keep me in your prayers. Know that you are in mine, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>